Hello and welcome to this episode of Say Something Interesting. This is the follow-up podcast from East Lake Tri-Cities Church. My name is Megan and with me today is our Whale of Pastor Lauren. Hey, Hello, Lauren. everyone. I know last week Brent and I talked about maybe not having a podcast this week, but we decided that Lauren would be willing to come and podcast this week and then next week we'll take a little one. They threatened break. me. Um, Lies. So. <laughs> no, just kidding. We I'm kindly asked you yes. and you said, yeah, I can yes. do that. Yeah. Um, I like the beautiful giving soul that you are. That's right. So wear love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we also have an extra special guest today. Lauren brought her newest family member, Gus, who is a, I don't know, what is he? Chihuahua mutt? He is a mutt for sure. Um, Gus is probably a terrier chihuahua mix of some okay. kind based on his size. He's in probably, I don't know, 15 pounds at the most. Mm-hmm. And we've just, he was a foster that we had, we got early October and we just officially made the decision to keep him. So now we have three dogs, <laughs> three he's, male dogs. Yeah. He's the sweetest though. He is. He's got a really good temperament yeah, mm-hmm. and in terms of like a foster or an adopted, you know, situation, it's, it is really, he's potty trained and crate trained and. He's really low maintenance in that way. So mm-hmm. it worked out. Yeah. But he's joining us today. So if anything silly happens, that's probably You're why. You're crunching yeah. or um, <laughs> me yelling gas under my breath or <laughs> something like that. He's on my lap right now. He's being pretty good. But yeah. <laughs> you'll know that's, you can blame Gus. Uh, it'll be great. Yeah. Uh, anything else? How was your weekend? It was, it was good. Um, I'm trying to think of everything that we did. We went to the pumpkin patch last weekend. Um, did you finally get your house all pump- we, we did. fallized? We did that a couple I was going to say pumpkinized, ago. but yeah, you do more than just pumpkins, don't you? Yeah, and it gets like we get one more thing every year, it seems. So <laughs> we've got the graveyard and the new, the, the new thing this year is the blow up skeleton wiener dog um, holding a bag of (laughs) treats and I saw it online and I was like I just I have to get that because our other our middle dog now is a chihuahua wiener dog mix Mm -hmm. so that allows us to be a wiener dog people and have wiener dog you know paraphernalia so that makes sense yeah nice It it was good though it was relaxing it was kind of gross on Friday outside. Yeah, it was raining. I had a kid in my first hour on Friday walk up and go, it's raining, miss. And I was like, yep, sure noticed. (laughs) He like meant it for it to be ridiculous observation. But yeah, I greeted usually there's like a little porch on my portable that like steps that they walk up onto. And that's usually where I stand when kids are like Mm. coming into class. But on Friday, I stood inside the door to greet them and say hi. teachers that used to do that and it actually made a big difference mm-hmm. like than just There's going like in actual science mm-hmm. that like greeting your students at the door provide like creates a better learning environment yeah I mean well, some period some days like if I'm helping a student or whatever I don't necessarily mm-hmm. not always out there but yeah I try really hard to be out there yeah so and I'm thinking them. now of the the classes that it was for and they were all classes where I was like Oh, I better, I better buckle down here, you know? Well, and I also like make it a really big point to learn my students' names. And Mm -hmm. so then when they, when they come in, I greet them by their name. Hi, how are you? Mm -hmm. How's your day? What's going on? And I mean, some students I'll have like a full-blown check-in every day 
like out on the little patio before class starts. Yeah. So that's it's good though. Yeah. Uh, it helps. Also, it all helps. I did was eat cinnamon rolls. Oh yeah, you made some on Sunday. She okay. brought some like pumpkin cinnamon rolls, mm-hmm. and they were delish. I had two. Yeah. Well, I don't even know how many I've had. <laughs> um, it's been like two weeks of me. And this happens every year. I make them and then you open the pumpkin and you have to use the pumpkin. So Freeze I make the another. Pumpkin. I, I know, but it's like not an, it's like if you use a can, it's like, feels like a weird amount to freeze, but <laughs> I need an excuse to keep making a Megan. Okay. Sorry. So anyway, sorry. this was my, <laughs> so I made three batches in the last week and a half. And then the ones I made yesterday and brought were to get rid of the final amount of pumpkin. Got it. And now I'm I'm going to be done with them okay. because they were really good. Mm-hmm. But now you're like it's time to it. move on. Time yeah. to take a little break. So <laughs> I've been super busy, you guys. <laughs> Just making pumpkin cinnamon rolls nonstop. Yeah. Uh, well, Gus is trying to get on the table. He has something to say. <laughs> uh, well, cool. Um, I don't know. Is there anything else you want to share with the world? Oh, I already shared about Gus, <laughs> my role consumption. Um, I don't think so. Okay. I think that's okay. it. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, don't mm-hmm. miss this opportunity Lynn, to, <laughs> yeah. to inform the tens of people yeah, that right. <laughs> listen to this We podcast. have dozens of listeners. Okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> We started a new series on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty excited about it, actually. I think it'll be interesting. I think it's a relevant topic. It's called The Long Way Round, a series on integrity. Um, so what does it mean to live with integrity? And mm-hmm. as always, the first, I was just going to say episode, but the first <laughs> sermon, the first week is just usually kind of an overview intro um, don't really dive deep into any scripture necessarily or anything like that. Brent, that's kind of how Brent likes to mm-hmm. uh, roll with that. Um, I thought I thought he did great. I thought it was like a really interesting idea. Um, yeah, it's always it's like the overture of the mm-hmm. series is how I always yeah, that's think a good about way of thinking it about because it, yeah. it's like teasing what is going to be the subject, but I, it also makes me makes you think about. Like he could take it in a number of directions. Which mm-hmm. way are we going to go? Yeah. Um, so it kind of keeps you on your toes yeah. a little bit. And Brent's goal is always like, I want you to have more questions at the end of this talk than you than you do answers. Um, so that's usually kind of his goal and how he writes it and how he talks about it. Um, but yeah, I'm excited mm-hmm. about it. I think it's going to be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, he told a really funny story about his mom's like meal substitutions. And I know you cook kind of. No, I bake. Oh, you Did bake. Did you guys know? I make cinnamon rolls. Yeah. I only bake. But Ian, I don't... Ian cooks. Ian cooks. Does he substitute? Um, no. No. He's pretty good about either getting everything we need or just making something so that we can have. Making something that is supposed to have the things yeah, that you have. Yeah. 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 So he likes yeah. to experiment. And... I like... I cook regularly. Um, I do make substitutions, but I didn't until I'd been cooking for a while um, because they're really like you do have to kind of know what you can substitute for. Um, My mom makes substitutions all the time, but she never it was always good. Like they were always beneficial (laughs) to the dish. Yeah. (laughs) And I think also it actually matters 
more in baking yes. because mm-hmm. it's much more of you need the exact ingredients yeah. for this thing to rise or mm-hmm. not rise or, you know, um, and so yeah, I always cooking, say you can get away with it a mm-hmm. little bit more. But. Baking is like two parts chemistry, one part magic. Mm. That's how I always think about baking. Um, and so you like you do have to be a little bit more precise about how mm-hmm. much flour, how much whatever. So making substitutions in baking is really important that you understand all yes. of the basics. Um, because otherwise you're going to get not great product at the end. Yep. So, yep. I've had some very sad <laughs> outcomes <laughs> from either substituting or thinking I can just wing this. And yeah. Like, no, no, you can't. Follow yeah. the Lauren. So. Well, until you get like, until you get experienced enough to know mm-hmm. what you can substitute. But even then, like most long-term bakers don't really substitute that much (laughs) but yeah yeah Uh, well good (laughs) baking is very scientific Uh, yeah um so i like that story though about he was talking about his mom's substitutions which apparently didn't always go great when he was growing (laughs) up but um shout out to gail Um, I thought, I think that one of the ideas that I kind of resonated with me, kind of wanted to dive into was um, a failure in integrity doesn't just affect you. Um, There are ripple effects. Mm -hmm. So um, when you have a failure in integrity or when someone around you has a failure in integrity, it isn't just the person who who had poor integrity that is impacted by it. It impacts pretty much everybody in the vicinity. Um, And I think that's like... I think that's something that we don't think about all the time when we are making not the right choice when no one's watching, right? Like Mm -hmm. if we continue to make this poor life choice that shows our poor character over and over and again, once that is revealed, it doesn't just impact us. It's going to impact everybody around us as well. Um, in, In maybe not even in like a direct way, but in like a how do I trust other people again kind of way or how do I like, you know, just kind of those indirect like sly ways as well. Yeah. Um, so that was when I was like, yes, that's very true. Well, and also I think what you can find yourself slipping in the integrity department when you realize that you're distancing yourself from the impact of other, like from other people. And it's, well, I'm just making this decision myself. No one else is involved. You kind of, um, can jump through hoops to make yourself believe that no, I, it's really just about me and it's Mm -hmm. only going to affect me when the reality is no no decision is only going to affect you or very, very, very few decisions will only impact you. That's very true. Yeah. Um, cause we don't live in isolation for the most part. Um, we live in community and so, um, you have connections and you have, you know, people who are around you and will be impacted by the choices that you make and the things that you do. Yeah, so definitely. Yeah. Um, one of the things I was thinking about too, listening to Brent was that I think the times when integrity, like he did talk about decisions that cost you and, um, that being a big part of it. But I think a lot of decisions that, um, where we find ourselves thinking about our own integrity are ones that are done in private. Um, they're not always going to be decisions that 
are made publicly or that people are going to find out about, I think, um, a real test of what, how, how strong you are, um, how much integrity you have is what kind of decisions you make when nobody's looking. Um, because it's really the smaller things that add up and it's, it's sometimes easier to do things publicly to get integrity points. Um, but it's a lot harder to do that consistently on a smaller level. Yeah. What are you doing when you don't have accountability to right. someone else? Right. Yeah. Um, when you only have accountability to yourself and to God, I guess. Um, and like, those are the choices that really are going to show your integrity and show how you are. Sorry. <laughs> I got, I got head wrapped around a cable. <laughs> Um, that show your integrity and show kind of who you actually are, Mm -hmm. even to yourself. I think it's important to like, make sure that you are reminding yourself of the integrity that you should have and the integrity that you can have. Um, because I think sometimes when we take steps away from having high integrity, like we are like, that hurts us at like an emotional level Mm -hmm. too. And like, because we are not making choices that are like whole for us. And then we get into that shame spiral. Right. Mm, So like a lot of times when we make choices that don't have a lot of integrity, we end up then having shame and Mm -hmm. things like that going on. And that can really be hurtful and harmful to us. And so like making the right choice, the right call, even if it isn't necessarily the easy way of doing that, um, is important so that we can also maintain our own like trust of ourselves and Mm -hmm. trust of who we are and the choices that we make. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I thought about the shame piece too, how, um, it's, it, it does really, it can take you down a spiral of then thinking if I do something bad, then I am bad. Then I have a lower sense of self-worth. Then I'm going to keep making decisions that maybe aren't the best because I have a lower sense of self-worth and coming back to, no, we are worthy. We're made in the image of God. God will always love us. Gus just knocked over some headphones. <laughs> God loves him too. Yeah. He does. <laughs> but like how, how to be, to have integrity, um, it, as Christians, if that's, how we make our decisions, we need to be thinking about, we need to always remember our worth is in Christ. Um, I think that can kind of help us from the shame spiral. Definitely. 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 I think the other thing that I was thinking about is, um, the CS Lewis quote, uh, Oh yeah. The innate, the, that Brent, I'll read it. So human beings all over the earth have this curious idea that they ought to believe in a certain way and they can't really get rid of it. Secondly, they do not in fact behave in that way. They know the law of nature, they break it. These two facts are the foundation of all clear thinking about ourselves and the universe we live in. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was thinking about that ought to, like we, even people who never grew up in the church or, um, you know, don't have a faith base, have kind of an ought to idea about what they should do and how they should behave. And, you know, that could could just come because we don't live, we live in community that's societal. But Mm -hmm. I think that that is also a, like, that's also kind of an innate, like version of God within us. And, um, 
you know, the line that Brent said was, um, we're closer to God than we think we are. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's that, that's part of that, like image bearing, like we are the image of God thing too, is like, we are closer to God than we ever think that we are. Mm -hmm. Even when you are the furthest away, you possibly think you could be, you're much closer to God than you think you are. And, Mm -hmm. um, he's like right there with you and ready to walk with you and help you make those choices of integrity that, are going to bring you into a place of health and healing and wholeness um, that we walk away from so often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that was my other kind of thought. Anything else? I don't think so. Those were the the ones that jumped out. This is going to be so. a quick podcast. Today, oh, is guys. it really? Oh, wow. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe we'll talk a long time about our interesting Gus, things. Gus, what do you think? Do you have an interesting thing ready, Lauren? I do. I have a couple. Okay. Do you want to um, go first or do you want me to go first? How about you go first? Okay. I know you opened, but, but I know. we're deviating from everything. You're a guest. So. It's fine. Yeah. Um, so just so everybody knows, this is a time when we, um, this is the Say Something Interesting podcast. So at <laughs> yeah. the end of our podcast, we share something interesting that we've read, seen, heard, watched, um, listened to, anything interesting that uh, we want to talk about, discuss. And that often ends up spending a lot of our time doing that. But I found a really cool story about a woman in Oklahoma who still uses an iron lung. Are you familiar with what an iron lung is? Mm, yes, Maybe. but I want you to I will explain, don't worry. So the iron lung is a machine that was used in the um, 30s and 40s for pre- all people who got polio, but primarily children who got polio. Hmm. Um, so the poli- polio was a horrible disease that impacted children pretty disproportionately. Um, and it, it impacts your nervous system and therefore often ends up leaving you paralyzed or um, like your musculature doesn't work because you're not getting the correct signals um, because that's what polio does. Um, we have like almost zero cases in the United States. Any cases in the United States come from a different country. In fact, polio has almost been, there's only like two countries in the world where they have, um, kind of endemic polio, which Mm -hmm. means that it's just kind of constantly cycling. Um, those are Pakistan and Afghanistan. Um, but other than that, polio has been completely eradicated because of vaccination. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, uh, it's not something that we worry about anymore. Um, like I don't, I never got a polio vaccine. No, I'm yeah. sure you never did. My parents did because um, they were in that time frame. But this woman who was a child in the 50s um, got polio when she was five. And the iron lung is a huge machine that you um, put your entire body into except for your head. Your head sticks out. Um, I'm going to show Lauren a picture. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm okay. sure you've seen old pictures mm-hmm. of it. Um, And what the iron lung does is it creates a positive pressure situation, excuse me, that um, simulates the diaphragm moving so that Mm -hmm. air, oxygen from the outside gets pulled into your lungs and then back out again. So there's a woman in Oklahoma who got polio when she was five and um, in 1953 And she ended up having to be on an iron lung for quite a bit of time. Um, And she never fully recovered. Um, A lot of people with polio had like lifelong impacts from it. Um, Those who didn't die ended up having lifelong impacts from it. A lot of them were able to find other respirator types that they could use that would help them. 
This woman hadn't been, hasn't been able to find any other kind. So she still has an iron lung that she's, that she sleeps in every night so that she can like get enough oxygen that helps her like function during the day. Uh, but she is like, they don't make them anymore. They don't service them anymore. People don't even know how to use them anymore. And so she is literally running out of parts for this iron lung. Um, and she like can't she's find, looking on Craigslist. Yeah. She can't find anything. Yep. She's like bought out like end stock of a bunch of different things. Um, and like there's a few parts that have to be replaced really regularly, especially because she uses it every night. Um, and I just thought that was really, first of all, I had no idea anybody was still using an iron lung. She checked a museum. Yes. She's (laughs) talked to all sorts of museums and like hospitals and, um, she like had to replace it. I want to say like in the nineties maybe, um, and ended up finding a guy in Utah who randomly had one that she was able to buy it from him. Um, but right now there's also like, so it's like movie material. I know it kind of is. Um, there's like a collar that goes around the neck, like in the machine that creates the, um, that creates the like vacuum seal. Um, and so those have to be replaced like every two months or so. Um, and cause they like lose their vacuum seal ability. And like, that's kind of the part she's most worried about not being able to find. Mm-hmm. She has like all of those that are made that she knows of at this point. Um, but she's in like her sixties right now. Um, okay. Do you think this thing is worth like a lot of money? Now? I mean, probably, like, I mean, mu- <laughs> like, the museums have them, it, but like, She's sitting on some. I know, but she like needs it to live. Like it's what she's keeping her alive. I don't want to make light of that, but I, I just, it's, it's so incredible. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, this is really terrifying. But she, the last winter, I think it was last winter when there was the ice storm in Oklahoma, the her power went out and the generator, her generator also went out, and she literally got stuck in it. Oh my gosh. And she was like, I can't die like this. <laughs> but, and then she ended up getting cell service again and uh, was able to call 911. But when 911 got there, they didn't know how to help her out of like, it. What is this? So they ended up just getting her generator going so that she could like get out of it. Yikes. I was like, oh my gosh, that's terrifying. That's, yeah, that doesn't, what's she going to do this year? I, mean, I don't, I mean, make sure she has lots of generators. Yeah. Backup generator for her backup generator. How did you find this? This is on NPR. (laughs) How did you find this? I know NPR is um is a great storytelling news station. That's true. That's very true. Um, but yeah, this is on NPR. Now that is a good Halloween costume. An iron lung. Yeah. Well, yeah, because your head could be out of it, but usually you no don't. No one would know what you are, though. So yeah. Well, and usually you don't. You're not upright in an iron lung. Mm-hmm. You're like laying down. Yeah. But yeah, that okay. would be a there's, funny there's Halloween a, costume. There's a costume in there somewhere. Uh, yeah, Some for sure. For sure. Joke. So yeah, that was my interesting wow. thing. That was super interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I'll Google this later. Um. Well, mine has to do with Halloween, and it's actually it's more of Halloween trivia than okay. it is that's fine i'm down a, for trivia uh, i love trivia. interesting but i thought it was kind of interesting um so yes <laughs> we're almost done buddy <laughs> he's not usually the squirmy so i think he knows something important is trying to happen <laughs> okay so for the top five halloween costumes 
Like I'm by gonna, year or ever? No, no, no. Last year. Like okay, each okay. year these are these are somewhere in the top. But last year, these are the top five costumes. And I want you to guess if you're willing uh-huh. with what the order. Yeah. Is. You're gonna give me the options yeah. and okay, yeah, I'm down. All right. So top five costumes last year. Witch, vampire, cat, Batman, and a ghost. Okay. Which one do you think is the least popular? Which vampire, cat, Batman, or ghost? I think vampire. Vampire is actually number two. Dang it. Yes. <laughs> but okay. I think you're going to know. Or do you want to rank them all? I'll, I'll try and rank okay. them all. Vampire is so, number two. Vampire is number two. I think, what was it? Which, Which cat, cat, Batman, ghost are okay. the other four? I think cat is number one. No, I'm wrong. Um, so I'm gonna say cat number one, vampire number two, uh, wit, bat. No, Batman's number one, isn't it? No. All right. Uh, <laughs> all right. Cat number one, wit or vampire number two, Batman number three, um, witch number four, ghost number five. Okay, so you were right about ghosts. Okay. That is number five. I'll go through them. Witch is actually the most popular. Oh, interesting. It goes number one is witch, number two is vampire, number three is cat, number four, Batman, number five is ghost, which actually I was shocked that Batman was even on the top five. I was thinking it would be more like, I don't yeah, know, but it's like really a devil or like, like kid. It's I guess a popular that's true. kid costume though. Yeah. Batman. That's true. Batman. That's true. And then I thought, okay, ghost makes sense. But I don't actually ever see any ghosts. Yeah. Like, maybe I just don't. I'm, I'm not, not sure around I've ever seen Halloween, a but ghost. I know. On how, like not everyone, but like a kid in a costume, a yeah. ghost costume. So you have to like commit to cutting a sheet up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you do. So. You do. And it's also like if you're going to buy a ghost costume, you're like, why am I buying this costume when I could buy something way more? Yeah. <laughs> kind of a scam to buy a ghost costume. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, those are the top five costumes from last year. Um, I'm sure they'll do another one for this year. Nice. But it probably won't be that different. And the the next final question I have for you <laughs> is... um. What was the number one top candy last year? Oh, uh, Snickers. It is so wrong what this answer is. Is it candy corn? No. Oh, what is thankfully. it? Thankfully, it's Skittles. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Everyone you know what? That makes a little bit of taste sense. Taste the rainbow in Halloween 2020. That's what they No, said. it's because people don't like giving chocolate anymore because there's too many peanut allergies. That's And all fair. those chocolate products are That's like fair. made in factories with peanuts. But, okay, Skittles were the top candy last year, followed by Reese's Cups oh. and Starburst. <laughs> so, I don't know about that logic. I think you're right, but based on these That's why research, it I have be- a candy dispenser in my classroom. It's like a mason jar on top of this, like, wooden pedestal thing. It's pretty cute. Mm-hmm. It's, like, very much homemade. I bought it at a church rummage sale. Um, and I put Skittles in it because I don't want to put M&Ms in it. Because I don't want to give chocolate because I don't know, you know, like yeah. I don't want to risk it. So that just gets Skittles. Yeah. I just, I, to me, the fruity candy, especially for Halloween, Halloween seems like much more of a chocolate holiday. Oh, for sure. So it's just super surprising that it'd be Skittles, number one, Starburst, number three. Yeah. And I just, I don't, I, apparently I'm getting old. I don't, I don't know. know. Well, I mean, super. yeah. I mean, I've, we didn't even talk about that. Halloween is this coming weekend. Mm-hmm. I have zero plans for Halloween. Just throwing that out there. Yeah. So. 
All right. <laughs> my kids were like, it is a my Sunday. students were like, um, what are you going to do? And I was like, uh, nothing. <laughs> you don't, so you don't watch a scary movie or anything? Like I don't that. like scary movies. Well, they give me like, nightmares. What about like fun? Like, well, I mean, maybe Christmas Hocus Pocus or, or, okay, or something. Hocus but Pocus, yeah. Um, yeah, like I don't, I'm probably not going to dress up. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll go to my parents' house and hand out like trick, like, yeah. Give candy to the trick-or-treaters. Quite a bit. No, but they get enough that it's yeah. kind of fun. Um, and I like doing that. Mm-hmm. I like giving candy to trick-or-treaters. Um, so like sometimes I'll do that. Yeah. But I probably won't this year because it's a school night. Yeah. Um, but we yeah. Bought full-size candy bars. We're oh, trying yeah. to coax yeah. people, which I know <laughs> sounds really creepy, but we are, I mean, I love Halloween, so I really want people to trick-or-treat. And, so. <laughs> If anyone is listening to this. Are you um, going to have a costume? I know you sometimes do like a family costume, you and Ian so, and the dogs. Yes, we do. <laughs> and the answer is yes, we are doing that. Um, although we are moving away from fully costuming the dogs because it just, it's never worth it. It's never <laughs> worth it. You feel like a bad I don't know, dog guardian. Like we were <laughs> the Wizard of Oz last year and Brody our wiener dog was the scarecrow and he had like pants and a hat and he just <laughs> lost his mind. He was so mad. Everyone else did great. Chance was the lion. Yeah. Um, we he's are like going to chance is a lab golden retriever. He's no, he's a big, he he's a Belgian Malinois. Oh, mix, okay. So he looks like a German shepherd, but he's got shorter hair um, Got it. and he's 10, but he acts like he's two. Yeah. So we are going to dress up. We're going to be Scooby-Doo. Nice. But None of the dogs are going to be Scooby. So that's all I'll say about it for now. <laughs> well, now and we, we won't have costumes. We're just going to do little like colored bandanas yeah, uh-huh. for them. Yeah. So. That'll be nice. That'll be cute. It'll be cute for a picture. I know who and... Scooby's going to be. Yeah. Oh, well, maybe not. I think we'll I have an idea. We'll I'll, 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 you want me to make a prediction? Later. Sure. Make a prediction. Okay. I think you're going to be Scooby and Ian's going to be Shaggy. Okay. <laughs> all right. I will. You'll have to let everybody know next week. <laughs> what the outcome of that was so uh, but yeah are you gonna wear your costume to church probably not <laughs> it's not because it's inappropriate i am not that person you're i applaud the people that do but mm. i just don't have that kind of uh self-esteem so <laughs> i probably won't i'll probably wear i don't know something black uh, i'll probably wear like i have some candy corn earrings i'll probably wear those and like like you know orange and black yeah, and yeah. that kind of stuff yeah. Well, little, little spooky. I'll but. wear like I also have Halloween socks. I, that was like oh, my yeah, me too, me too. preschool teacher thing. As I went hardcore on the holiday socks, um, so I'll probably wear Halloween socks. Nice. As well. Yeah, and if you have kids and you're coming to service, yep. um, we'll have lots of candy. Yeah. And I will probably have lots of leftover candy. Maybe even some full size candy bars. So yeah. bring them to church dressed up. Yeah, uh, yeah. We're so Sunday is Halloween. Um, bring your kids to church dressed up so they can have fun with that. Uh, also if you have youth, which is like high middle, middle school and high schoolers, um, they're having a big, um, Halloween bash at the Plemons house. Um, if you want more information about that, you can email info at eastlaketricities.com. Uh, so yeah, just lots of fun stuff happening. Lots of things to do. Anything else you want or need to promo? Um, I was just going to say, we have a guest speaker yes, that's this right. Sunday. Rich Ward will be speaking on letting God write your story. Um, 
and I have not heard him speak, but I've only heard really good things. Yeah. So, um, I've heard him speak a few times cause I started coming to Eastlake just a year after Eastlake started. Uh, and so Rich was still here. They still lived here and he was still a pretty active part. And so I've heard him speak a couple of times, but Should yeah. Be good though, so. Yeah. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. All right, everyone. Anything else you want to share? I don't think so. Gus right. has had enough. Gus He's has had enough. Go eat some trash. <laughs> he just <laughs> yawned. That's all he wants to do. He's a little garbage puppy. So. <laughs> all right, everyone. Have a great week. Bye.